And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on Monday, June 19th. Uh, plenty of Celtics news. I was about to say after the Celtics beat the team or lost the team because that's just their team I got into the playoffs. But well, they're not no beating a whole lot of teams. No, <laughs> we are in the dead uh, dead zone of the NBA offseason. But we do have some not Celtics yet. news. We're not there You're yet. right. Post just wait draft, till we get to August and September. Jack and I are going to come on here and play patty cake for an hour. <laughs> That's when we'll get to get real creative with our uh, our content. We have some yeah. stuff coming for you, so don't don't worry. We'll keep you entertained in the dead months. But uh, we actually do have some Celtics news today. Uh, the Celtics have hired Phil Pressy to their assistant coaching staff per Adam Himmelsbach. Uh, former Celtic, played with the Celtics from 2013 to 2015, two seasons. Uh, he coached at Missouri last season where he went to college. He was yes. an assistant for one year there. Played some overseas ball after he was in the NBA as well. Uh, he spent his time in the NBA two years with the Celtics, then split one year between Philly and Phoenix. Um, and then he went overseas only four years in the league. But I was telling Sam, I do vividly remember rookie season Phil Pressy. That was like the first season that I started like religiously watching the Celtics. It was 2013-14, I believe. Um, Jeff Green was the leading scorer, as I'm sure all of you have heard me talk about how Jeff Green was my first favorite player. Um, Phil Pressy didn't play much. He only played 15 minutes a game, but he averaged three points, three assists, one and a half rebounds. Um, but I vividly remember it. He had a 20 point game. He had a couple double doubles in there. He was, he was an interesting player. He was five eleven, So he was like short. So it was like kind of yeah. cool to see him play. Um, I, I just can't vividly it remember it. Yeah, right. I, I just think it's cool to see another former Celtic on the staff. Now they have two former Celtics on the coaching staff, Sam Cassell uh, and Phil Pressey going to be on the bench behind Joe Mazzula. I think it's a cool hire. It, it, it's cool for me personally, because like, obviously, like I said, I remember watching him play when I first started watching the team. Um, but nice to have some some former Celtics on the on the coaching staff. Yeah, it's a great, great addition. Point guard, smart mind. He's got the coaching experience at Missouri, like you said. Yeah. On top of that. Big Phil Pressy memory in a playoff game. He beat LeBron for a jump ball. There we go. Pretty cool. They got swept <laughs> in that series. I think I was at the game where they had the jump ball, but I'll never forget that. It was a crazy moment. Uh, he was always a guy that played hard. Him and Kelly Olynyk were super close. So keep your eye eyeball mm. emoji to we've tossed around Kelly Olynyk a few times on this show as a return, maybe. Yep. For Pritchard and uh, perhaps Gallinari, who's going to opt in. That could yep. happen, but. It's cool, man. Familiar faces are cool. It's somebody that the longtime fan can remember and reminisce on as we are from the dark ages or the dark year, <laughs> I guess. Since 2008, they've made the playoffs literally every year except for 14. Uh, and he was on that team. He was on that <laughs> team. Was, it was him, was. Rondo, uh, Sullinger, Brandon Bass. Uh, James Young was not on the team yet. Kelly Olenek was a rookie. Yep, the fellows. on that team? Phil Pressy's dad did have Chris a long Johnson? NBA. Yep. Phil Chris Pressy's Babb? dad did have a long NBA career though. He played in the league for I believe Paul that Pressy? says yep, 11 seasons in the league Paul Pressy averaged 16 points his third year, 14 13, a few good years in there. Um let me ask you this though. Phil Pressy right now, one year at Missouri is only coaching experience. Um I mean maybe like obviously high school and stuff, but um how old do you think Phil Pressy is right now? He's 31. 32. Damn, close, close. Super young though. Another young assistant on the staff. Uh, Joe Mazzulla himself will only be, I believe, thirty-five heading we into next, next year. But 
Yeah, yeah. We'll be we know ball. <laughs> we're young. We we're due. Sam and I on the sidelines soon. No, but when I saw the Phil Pressy news come out, I was just getting to the golf course and I told Henry because I was driving there with him. And Henry goes, Oh yeah, I remember him from Missouri. I, I think he got upset in March Madness one year. I'm like, what are you what are you talking about? And he he goes, No, he you correct? played you played at Missouri. I'm I, I Google it. He goes, Yeah, he lost like Norfolk State or something. I'm like, what do you mean? 20 I I gotta double check the year. 2012, I think it was, Phil Pressy, number two seeded Missouri, lost in the first round to number 15 Norfolk State. Wow. I, and I it's it's not very crazy. good at staying awake, good at remembering stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just crazy that he remembers that. Uh Phil Pressy spent three years at Missouri, had a solid uh junior year um with the Tigers. I think they're the Tigers. Yeah, they're the um Tigers. and lost in the first round of the tournament. Um he was sorry player of the year in the SEC, if I'm not mistaken. He was all SEC, he was all Big 12, and then he was all Big 12 tournament team. It doesn't okay. say player of the year anywhere here. But he did lose in the first round to Norfolk State in 2012 uh, as the two seed when they were still in the Big 12. And then the SEC, Missouri, moved the next season, um, and he got bounced in the first round again. Um, unless he and made he it out of the first round. The first round when he was on the team, too. Yeah. He actually got into the tournament three separate times and lost in the first round every single time. Uh, not not the best collegiate player. <laughs> well, that's right. I mean, I don't. The New only other unlocked. Actually, he played with Kim English at uh, oh, Missouri. Provi- Providence new head yes. coach. Kim English, um, who's playing guys one on one to make them stay at the school. Fire, which is yeah, fire. He is fire. Played with Jabari Brown, who's an NBA player name I don't know. And uh yeah, those are the only NBA players he played with at Missouri. But yeah, um good for the Celtics. I, I think it's a good hire. I don't know much about his coaching experience, but usually point guards are solid coaches. It's nice to have another former NBA player, regardless of ex- his experience in the league, uh behind Joe Missoula on the bench. So uh, an interesting hire, fun for me personally, uh, and people I guess around our age who remember Did he only him. play on the Celtics or did he get on with somebody else before he was out of the league. No, he played for two more teams. He played he's two years with Boston, and then he split his third and final year, 2015-16, uh, 14 games with the Sixers, nine games with the Suns. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, and then that was it. But his, funny enough, his his little basketball reference picture is with the Warriors, so he must have played for their summer league team or okay. summer G League team. <clears throat> but um, what number did Phil Pressy wear for the Celtics, Sam? 26. Wow. On that the I- dot. Yeah. Good for you. Um, maybe retired someday. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. As, who who's wore 26? Aaron Neesmith. Thank you. You beat me to the punch. I'm a numbers guy. Uh, nobody wears it now. Literal literal numbers on, on the jersey. Yeah. Don't care for the <laughs> yeah. stats. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um, had to get that out of the way. The next piece of news still comes from Adam Adam Himmelsbach of the Boston Globe. He dropped an article with plenty of news for us to cover. So thank you, Adam. We appreciate you very much. They pay well. Um, they, they did. We, you I can't paid incognito for the Globe. No, you can't. I paid for it, though. We got the info. We're relaying it to you guys. Go go pay for the Globe. Don't, 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 don't write me. Um, another tidbit. Per Adam Himmelsbach, per source, neither Juan Begarin nor Yamadar are expected to play for the Celtics. Uh, summer league team this year, mostly due to commitments to the European clubs. I suppose that still leaves open the possibility that they could come over for the regular season if the Celtics need another player. And those two guys are never playing for the Celtics. Yeah, (laughs) it's not happening. Yamadar's been in the system for what? Three, four years now? Something like that. He's not coming. (laughs) 
Well, I, I think Beggarin could be slightly more realistic. They do need some wing depth, and, and he does seem like he fits the mold. He's athletic. He can play some defense. It just it seems very unlikely. I'll put it this way. It's possible, but for the way people treat those two prospects, it it's like way overblown. Like it's very unlikely that they'll come play for the Celtics, especially Yamadar, who I mean, we talked about Yamadar a few podcasts ago and you were impressed. You're like, oh, he won rookie of the year. He was like six points over. Yeah, six we looked points. at like, the stats. What are we doing? <laughs> come on, guys. No good. Well, um, not no good, just whatever. He's probably a fine player, but just the reality of it is neither of them are probably coming over. I mean, at this point, how old is Yamadar? Let's take a look. 26. He's 22, actually. So he's still younger than t- okay. turning 23 in December. Um, Juan Beggarin uh, is 20 years old. So he's still got a couple years. Maybe you bring him in. Um, interesting. He's listed at 6'5", 185. So he's smaller for a forward for sure. But um, I don't know. It, it, they're not going to be in summer league this year. Maybe there's a chance you bring Beggarin over. It definitely doesn't seem like you're probably going to see Yamadar, especially with the glutton of guards on the Celtics roster. Yeah, it's not happening. I hate, hate to be the bearer of bad news. It doesn't seem like it's happening. Sorry. <laughs> There's no reason to add more guards to this team unless you're making a major change. And he's not a major change. Yes. He's just hanging out. Yes. Uh, yes. I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, that was quick. Just a little news dump there from Adam Himmelsbach sticking with Adam Himmelsbach. Ter- like difficult name to say. I will say I'm, I'm going to I'm going to fumble it. But uh, Celtics not worried about the money. Uh, according to according, excuse me, to Adam Himmelsbach, sources stress that financial obligations will not guide the Celtics roster decisions. Ownership paid around 69 million in luxury taxes last season and continues to show a commitment to building a championship roster during this title window. So it doesn't seem like the cap and the CBA and all that stuff Good. is going to get in the way of the Celtics building a roster. You cannot let that get in the way of a championship window. You just can't. You've got all these guys. You've got them secured for years to come. If you started to gut the roster to try and avoid paying whatever fee, this fan base would lose its mind. It's already losing its mind, and you're doing just about everything you can financially. Paying Brogdon, Smart, White, all around $20 million, Tatum, Brown. Uh, well, Brown's only at like twenty five right now. He's going to get the Supermax, which we'll get to. And then Tatum will eventually get the Supermax as well. Horford and Rob both making $10 million. Like Grant will probably make some kind of money this summer. Uh, we can get into that stuff too. But you cannot avoid paying and cheap out now. This is the time. Pay all the money. Because yeah. the Celtics need to get over the hump. They need to win a championship before it's too late. It feels like they're starting to run out of time. That's why this season was so frustrating to all of us. Because we really felt it may be the year. Uh, Milwaukee goes down. Denver didn't seem like the strongest foe coming out of the West. Obviously now everyone's like they're the greatest team ever. And they are absolutely a team that's <laughs> they were everyone's respect. You know, rightfully so. People are like, yeah, they're the champions. They are. They were, they were awesome. Uh, but the Celtics lose to an eight seed Miami that looked like an eight seed in the finals. Really, it was just not the year to lose for the Celtics. And we've all got a bad taste in our mouth. Don't cheap out now. It's time, it's time to uh, put your money where your mouth is. Help this team win a title. Do what you need to do. Make the moves. Agree. Agree. And it's good to hear that they're committed to that. Cry as well. for help. <laughs> all right the next thing uh we have sticking with adam himmelsbach uh some grant williams news for you 
The source said it remains quite likely that the forward Grant Williams, a restricted free agent, will be back in Boston next year, but that the Celtics have received inquiries from teams about sign and trade possibilities involving him. The Celtics would have the ability to match any offer sheet Williams signs, and barring surprisingly massive deal, they would do just that. The source said the Celtics will most likely simply re-sign Williams on their own, but a sign and trade would allow them to recoup some assets if the sides ultimately decide to part ways. So it sounds like Grant will be back in Boston next year by all accounts. However, if something happens with negotiations, the Celtics are looking at potential sign and trades and they are getting some interest, which is also intriguing uh, in its own right. But for all intents and purposes, it sounds like the Celtics are trying to bring Grant back into the fold. Yeah. Well, the source can be us because we told you what two weeks ago that he was coming <laughs> back once he got surgery. Yeah. It, it only has made sense. Uh, Cam Jack's good friend always sees him at the games, friends of the show. He'll be back tweeted when, Grant announced a basketball camp the first two days of free agency in Boston. That's another thing that kind of nods to him probably sticking around. So this shouldn't be a surprise. It is funny that this is coming out like after a week of team X is interested in Grant Williams. Yeah. It feels like we got a huge news dump of teams. Dallas was added to the mix this weekend, which I think yep. you would have on. We have on the show sheet. Yeah. Dallas in particular. And I guess we can get into that. This stuff now would yeah. have to be a sign and trade no matter what. Because it they would. can create up to $19 million in cap room, I believe. That is going to go to Kyrie. They're not going to have enough money elsewhere to just bring in Grant and, and make the Celtics mm -hmm. hurt in the, the wallet. So yeah. on Dallas's roster, there are two players, I wrote about this today, that make around what Grant is going to garner in free agency. I say around $17 million, at least enough to match salary. You have Tim Hardaway Jr. and you have Bertans. First things first... Bertans is a negative asset. This is not a secret. This is what people are saying around Dallas. Tim Cato of The Athletic wrote that they need to include him in a trade with the number 10 pick just so they can take an okay asset back and offload a negative asset. That's how like, just detrimental he has been to their cap space. You don't want that guy on your team right now. He's not producing enough. He can't get on the floor and he's making $17 million. Tim Hardaway Jr., fine, I guess. 31 years old. 14-ish points a game last year. Efficiency, not great from the field, around 40%. But the three-point percentage, not bad, up around 39%. If he's on the Celtics, he's probably mainly going to be a catch-and-shoot guy. Not that he wasn't in Dallas with Luka and Kyrie handling the ball. I guess the fit makes sense. The Celtics kind of need wing depth. But if you're losing Grant, who's going to be a defensive guy for you, Tim Hardaway Jr. is probably not the answer either. So Dallas is not a team that makes a ton of sense to me. I don't know what you think, what you feel about it. But that's my take on Dallas being a suit. Yeah, we can talk about potential Grant Williams signing trades. It makes sense. For for Dallas, Tim Hardaway Jr. is not terrible. He helps you on the wing a little bit. He's not making as much this year. He made 19.6 this past season, but that goes down to 17.8. And then the season after that, because he's under contract with Tamiras, goes down again to 16.1. So the contract's really not terrible for what he brings to the table. <clears throat> he's a solid shooter. He's not the best defender, um, but he's around six foot five, and he plays the wing better than Malcolm Brogdon can. Uh, at the very least, so it gives you wing depth in another area. Um, and I just say Brogdon because that's another name that's been brought up in trade rumors. Um, just you hate him, David. Yeah, right. Davis Baritons is also. It's just a no. It's just yeah. a no. The the only potential savior is that is is his contract for the season after next is not guaranteed, so you could just get rid of some cap space. But th th that's not what the Celtics should be worried about, and it's clearly not what they are worried about because we just went over that. <clears throat> the only other thing that I could think potentially be intriguing. I like Maxi Kleber. Uh, I don't know how, how interested 
the Mavericks would be in trading him. But in terms of you need some big man depth, Kleber's a really solid player. He's a bit more versatile than he lets on. He's a solid defender in the post. I think he's 6'10", 6'11". So he is bigger than most of the people on Boston's roster at the big man spot anyways. He can hit his threes. He's he making a around game 11. winner against the Lakers. He did. That he did. Cool. You would probably have to do like Kleber and JaVale McGee's contract, which at that point, JaVale McGee's contract is not great. Um, however, Maxi Kleber is making 11 millions for next season, the season after and the season after. So that's a really good contract for somebody who's only 31 years old still. Um, I wouldn't hate that, but obviously you'd rather just see Grant back with the Celtics. I do think he's the better player and the better fit for what the Celtics are looking to do. Um, so you, you'd hope that would happen, but if there were to be a Maverick sign and trade, I don't hate Tim Hardaway Jr. Don't love it. And I don't hate Max Kleber even less. But the fact that there is no, I don't mind that. It's just like, I don't hate it. Probably just stray away uh, unless you really can't work something out. And and that's all that's left on the table. Um, Pacers, also another team that were potentially interested in Grant Williams. You'd probably be looking at, I, I assume it would be like a Daniel Tice or a TJ McConnell sign and trade. Neither of which is, yeah, Tice comes back again. Again, it's it's the sort of thing, in my opinion, at least, that if there's nothing else on the table, you take the big man depth of Tyson. It's like, whatever. Seventh pick but in like, the draft. It's, huh? Seventh pick in the draft for Grant. Straight up. Oh, oh, oh. I was like, Tyson was not the seventh pick. Yeah. Now, uh, the lottery realistically, pick Daniel though, Tice. Yeah, right. Realistically, though, I don't mind the Tyson thing. Again, only if it's the only option left available. I also don't mind TJ McConnell if you're going to trade Malcolm Brogdon or one of your guards for depth at like a forward or big man spot. Cause right at that point, like if it's Brogdon or smart, you trade one of those two guys for a forward or a center, and then you get back TJ McConnell to kind of fill those guard minutes. So that's fine. Again, though, you'd just rather keep Grant Williams. <laughs> yeah. Who was last team? Orlando. I have a couple more on here just because, cause the article said, teams have reached out about sign and trades which to me doesn't scream has enough cap space to sign grant it screams like they don't have enough and they might want him <laughs> orlando might have enough cap space i do have a couple ben players Charo. good <laughs> handshake deal i have gary harris which i don't hate right. it's probably the best fit we've seen on this list so far outside of maybe kleber like the best straight up fit you could just do okay sign and trade we'll take harris you give us grant it's fine i have john isaac too don't love it. Well, I don't love it. He that one has it. the highest upside, I feel. But it's also the worst downside because the worst downside is you get nothing because he's he just, just literally doesn't play. Yeah, literally. Um, The Pistons. Alec Burks. Not great, right? Like, yeah, I whatever. have the heat. I have the heat just because they've had some sort of interest. It would probably be like a Victor Oladipo or Oof. Duncan Duncan Robinson, oh. or I wrote down Caleb Martin to be kind of funny. But like, if you're the like, well, just know hey, if you're hey, if hey. you are the Celtics in this situation, you're a Celtics fan, and you're like getting excited about any of this. Just know if any of those guys were on the Celtics, they would not be good. That's just how <laughs> this stuff works. As soon as Early. like, just say they got Caleb Martin. He would suck, and he would never play like he did in the conference finals, <laughs> and everybody here would hate him 10 times more. Same with Duncan Robinson. He probably would come back down to earth. I don't know. There is a little bit of a eyeball emoji for Duncan Robinson because he was playing bad, got finger surgery in the middle of the season, then all of a sudden could shoot again in the playoffs. So that <laughs> might be something to keep your eyes on going forward just because 
maybe he really was just dealing with something on his shooting hand. And now he can shoot again. Shooting's not something you forget. Unless you're like yeah. Ben Simmons. I mean, he did have a couple slumps. I don't know. Uh, and then the last one. Would the Warriors be at all interested in Grant Williams? Only because we know Draymond Green declined his player option. Would they have any level of interest in, all right, let's do Draymond for Grant? I personally don't think so. I know you thought of the idea as a potential yeah. thing, but what do you think? Well, I would love Draymond Green. I agree. Thought number one. Would love Draymond Green on the Celtics. Maybe yes. it depends on the length of the contract and how much money he's making because it's tough to justify pay- I believe, paying him like $30 million. I believe if it's a sign and trade... First of all, I don't even know if it would be illegal because I don't know if the Celtics can financially. I think I saw Keith say this one time. I think they're over the first tax apron, which means they can't take back a player via sign and trade. So I don't know if this would be legal. I, I get I that. Counts that. So maybe it is fine. Ne- I, I'm um, seeing now that the CBA is next July, even though it says it becomes active July 1st this year. Okay. I don't know, but, but I'm so, pretty sure so maybe they can one do more it. year to screw around. Sorry, I hit my mic. Then then maybe they could do it. Um, I also do know, though, I'm pretty sure if it's a sign and trade, the, the contract has to be at least three seasons. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's the rule. So it, it, it wouldn't be able to do like, oh, we'll get two years, one year dream on. Like, it'd have to be a longer term trade. Well, if you're thing. paying, I don't know. That's a good question. If you're paying them the same money, who would you rather have? I'd rather um, have Draymond, I think. Celtics might need a Draymond to be good. They have Marcus, See, who's Draymond Small. That's tough for me. Not because I, Draymond's obviously better than Grant Williams. That's not what I'm saying. But just from the age perspective, the shooting you'd be losing. Yes. And the potential that people could butt heads. Like, I'm not saying Jalen Brown's a locker room problem, but I, I would have a bad feeling he might not get Celtics power rankings. Green. Who needs to be punched in the face? Go. <laughs> <laughs> Probably Grant, Grant, number one. No. He's not on the team anymore. Um, I don't know. Uh, I I would like Draymond in theory on the Celtics, but you do worry that there could be like a butting heads thing there, which would not be good. I could see it. Yeah, it's and dangerous. I also fear. I I just have a bad feeling that without an established head coach, Draymond might try to overrule the coach at some point. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, he's yes. had Steve Kerr forever, and Steve Kerr has yes. established himself and has a relationship with Draymond. You put Draymond like in the room with Joe Missoula in the second season. I have a, I feel like Joe Missoula might get punched in the face. Honestly, I think. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, he does jujitsu, so good luck. Not that he deserves it, but like, I just feel like Draymond would go out to coach. Steve Kerr subbed Draymond Green at the game last year when he was tracking toshing, trash, talking trash to Herb Jones. I assume you saw this clip. That was Draymond the 20 was like, point comeback. Yeah, and Jeremy yeah. was like, oh, what the hell? What are we doing? And Steve Kerr was just like, stop. Sit on the bench. It's fine. And Bob Myers had to come down and calm him down. Like, I feel like the Warriors have adapted around Draymond. And no matter where Draymond goes now, it's going to be very interesting to see him, like, adapt you to a new situation. I was going to say, what? yeah, that's the big question mark with Draymond. Today, he opted out of his contract. And I'm sure we'll kind of dance around that in a little bit. Yeah. But, like, he's probably going back to the Warriors, right? And if he goes somewhere else, how's it going to work? That that's really do, the big question. Do we want to do we want to jump into NBA now and do we have it? That instead? Last thing do we have Hibble's Bach was Jalen Brown. Just that they're confirmed oh, going to go after yeah, bring him back. Yeah. 
yeah, Himmelsbach also had definitely bringing back Jalen Brown or they want to at least, and also that they're looking at guard trades to, to bolster the forward or center spot, big man spot. Which, which I think we both, talked about the other day. Yeah, both of which. which we that was that Chris Hames came flying in a day late on. <laughs> yes, that Brian Robb had first yes. um, with Mass Live. All right, we, we can wrap up uh, Celtics there. We can move on and we can start with Draymond since we're already kind of talking about it. We'll yep. get into the other stuff later. Um, yeah, Draymond declined his player option. With the Warriors, he will be an unrestricted free agent. I got baited by a fake Draymond count on Twitter that said, uh, oh. LeBron, Taco Tuesday. Uh, you want, you know, I'll bring the Lobos. Uh, it was very funny, and I it got me. I really thought Draymond tweeted at LeBron. Um, but, yeah, Draymond is now free to go wherever he wants. I personally still think he'll resign with the Warriors, but interesting to think of him on another team, like you said. Yeah, I mean, Draymond being so close with LeBron is kind of weird. Not in a NBA player shouldn't be friends kind of way. It's just like Draymond is like the last NBA player you would think is buddy buddy with guys that are rivals. You know what I'm saying? He's probably the closest modern day mentality to a KG, and KG would never do that. I will say, I do think if there's anybody that can separate their relationship on the court and off of it, it's Draymond, right? Like, yeah, Draymond he, is two different people. Yeah, exactly. And he, even like the clip of him like going over like on the sidelines to LeBron, like he wasn't playing. And that's what I was like. If Draymond's on the court with LeBron, like I'm pretty sure there was a clip of him in a game this year when the Warriors were playing the Lakers and he just like undercut LeBron <laughs> and LeBron fell on his ass and LeBron just walked and Draymond just like walked away. So like, I, I'm like, I've always said this and uh, you've disagreed at some points. Like I, players are going to be friends. They're all in the same league. They all see each other all the time. They're just going to be friends. It doesn't matter what team they're on. But if there's anybody that can separate the mentality of friends off the court and not friends on the court, it would probably be Draymond Green. That being said, if I'm the Lakers, I don't want Draymond Green. I just don't think that would be a good fit for them. Not, not that, fit. not that, yeah, not that he couldn't help any team win. Like, but a team with LeBron and Anthony Davis needs a point guard that can shoot the ball. They need wings that can shoot the ball, and they need high level defenders. High level defenders, sure, but. A starting lineup with those three in it is going to have terrible spacing. No matter who else you put. And Austin Reeves probably will play the point guard for them. And he's an okay shooter, but he's not great, right? So I just don't think that makes sense. Detroit is something we've seen a lot throughout the season because he grew up in the area. Yeah, so maybe you think of them and if they're going to push forward. Am I crazy that I saw the Spurs somewhere? Just that they're looking for veterans? Yeah, I I, I think we – did we talk about that last time or was it Chris Paul of the Spurs? Chris Paul to the Spurs, I think it was. But it it would make sense. I think the Rockets could make a lot of sense for Draymond. is another team, too, that keeps getting linked to Draymond. Mm -hmm. Dallas as well. I think Dallas makes sense because he would probably fit well next to Luka and Kyrie, even though personality-wise, him and Kyrie would be crazy. I don't really – I don't know how much different that is than the Lakers fit. I think Kyrie's a much better shooter than either of the two Lakers stars. And I also, I would take Luca as a shooter over LeBron. And, and AD That's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying those guys are both going to have the ball a lot as LeBron typically will, right? Yeah. To be a facilitator and create sure. shots for the other guys. Draymond is not going to provide the most space to either Kyrie or Luca. Well, yeah, but. He, he, and when he's with the Warriors, you can't, we, we can't act like Draymond's not being like dared to shoot threes. Like he's not not getting good looks. He's just not able to make them consistently. I know, but I think the Warriors, excuse me, I think the Mavericks are closer to the Warriors than the Lakers are to the Warriors in the sense they, they have two high level That's guards fair. who can shoot and play off the ball. And I don't think like, I don't think you can put LeBron next to, 
or Draymond, like, and and to be clear, like if Draymond went to Lakers, it would work, right? Like their their ta- talent works yeah. with talent for the most part, right? Well, it does it usually, usually, even like. I think it's different from the Nets because that's the team you always look like, oh, talent didn't work. The thing with the Nets was three extreme superstars all need a lot of touches, all like tier one stars. Draymond will adapt. He's a great defender. He's a great playmaker. He's a great leader. He will adapt to whatever situation. I think he will be good on any team he goes to. I just don't think the Lakers are the best fit. I think they should prioritize other stuff with their potential money. I think the Mavericks make more sense because Kyrie can shoot a little bit better. You know, I I think defensively he would take them to the next level. I don't think the Lakers need defensive help necessarily. I think they're already solid defensive teams with Jared Vanderbilt. Also Jared Vanderbilt and Draymond, I think don't like that doesn't work. Um, So I think Mavericks can make sense. Pistons getting a leader in there. I think that'd be fine. I think they would make it work. Um, Looking around the league. It's like, what does Draymond prioritize at this point? Again, I think he will go back to the Warriors, but if he doesn't go, uh, yeah. But Everything if he doesn't he go back to the Warriors, to the Warriors, as you look Agreed. around, says he wants to be a Warrior for life. Says he doesn't want to play that much longer. And today it came out that Draymond is looking for a contract similar to the one that Steph got. So I think that's three more years. Kind of aligns with when he might want to retire. I think it was Jason Dumas. Wait, from... as in as much money as Steph? Too? No, 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 no. Length. <laughs> Length, length, length. <laughs> bro you're you had me fucked up i was yeah, like no, no, whoa no no Dray, i don't think draymond's stupid um draymond's smart think, guy i think the hawks if they found a way to make something work if they do a sign and trade i think that would make sense i think trey young is the close not saying he is steph curry but in terms of play style i think that's probably the closest you'll get to steph curry outside of maybe a luca um and luca just doesn't have the outside shot so i don't think i would go there um I don't know. I, I, I think the Pistons make sense. Like I said, um, none of the teams in the West make a ton of sense to me. And like, yeah, no, none of the teams in the West make sense to me. P- Portland. I think Portland could make sense if they're trying to build around Dame. It's just, yeah, they don't Trail really Blazers have much fans on Reddit today. They were getting excited when I saw the Draymond news, it popped up in their subreddit. People were yeah. like, why not Draymond? I think it would make sense. I think actually I take it back. Dame is probably the closest to Steph you're going to get around the NBA. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they do it. Like what, what would, what would they give back in a sign and trade? Who That's knows. what doesn't make sense to me. If I had to give you teams, my, like my top X landing spots, warriors, number one by far, I think he'll be back. I think, the Lakers just because the connection, I don't like it, but I think that's probably up there. I think the Mavericks, like you said, I think the Houston. Rockets, yeah. I think the Rockets are a great one. I think James Harden, another guy similar ish to Steph in the Houston season, might be Paul second Handler. for me. I think they're up there. Yes. And then I, I think the Pistons slash Spurs uh, could b- both make sense. Kind of. Um, I think the Rockets like, I, I I think I would agree with you though. I just, think might it's be weird what Houston's trying to do. They're kind of able to pay guys while still having a young core and bringing in Draymond to whip these guys and the whippersnappers it's, into shape. It's uh, honestly kind of a great situation to be in. Like they're, yeah, they're in good there. Like Draymond and Eme can just be hard asses together and, and yeah. bully these guys into being grown adult men. Yeah. That would be interesting for Houston. Then Harden can come in and Although, them, like, I did see that. Club for I did cool see uncle. that. I did see that Harden is closer to resigning in Philly now. So yeah, the whole Harden thing's weird too. You know what else know is weird is Chris Paul being linked to the Warriors too. Just yeah. just a time with Draymond. So obviously this Beal trade has gone down. 
we are 30 minutes in just now talking about the Beale trade that ta- uh, happened. Yeah, let's, let's, let's we were go to Bradley Beale Jack was uh, ignorant to the Beale trade. He was like, oh, yeah, that I happened. forgot. I thought we had already talked about it, but it happened yesterday. So, did. yes, Bradley Beale is on the Phoenix Suns now. Chris yes. Paul is gone. And yes. so is Landry Shamit, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So Washington has Chris Paul, who will probably never play for them. And it has come out from Shams. Oh, Washington wants to keep Paul. Oh, but they don't know what he wants to do. Oh, that sucks for Chris Paul. They said they're they're happy to keep him, but they, they did say if he wants to play somewhere else, they're not going to like forcibly keep him on the team. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. the, if he if he wants to stay there, they'll take him. But he if, they, if he goes, he'll go. I don't think so either. But so Chris Paul is on the Warriors for now. I mean the the Wizards for now. Shams has come out and he said. Two teams to keep an eye on for Chris Paul are the Clippers, who came out right after that trade. It was like that would make Wizards sense. may reroute him. Clippers with the first name we all saw. He also yeah. said the Warriors, the Warriors who apparently were making calls on Chris Paul to Phoenix, seeing if they could get him. Why on earth would Golden State do this? It doesn't make <laughs> a ton of sense. Yes, Chris Paul did have a decent three point shooting per, uh, percentage last season. He actually did. Yeah. I was looking at it today. But it doesn't make any sense. He's a ball-dominant guy. How great would he be in a fluid offense in Golden State? The only thing I can think of. Yeah. If I am Golden State and I see, hmm, let's pay Chris Paul for one year, get off this Jordan Poole contract, and clear our salary. That's the only thing I can think of as a a reason. The the do-over button on Jordan Poole. But then yeah. uh, Mike Dunleavy, the new GM, came out and was like, yeah, four more years of Jordan Poole. Almost like a presidential election. Is that what he said? Yeah. He was he like, yeah, he... we want him for four more years. Good luck. For what it's worth, I think I am much higher on Jordan Poole than a lot of people are. I don't think it's fair to judge him based on one terrible playoff run. Really? And I I don't, yeah. Sounds like another I, guy we know that you hate. Two guys. Who? Malcolm Brogdon, Brogdon and Jalen Brown just trash them. Even though you were out on Jalen earlier, yeah, yeah. Let's not. But start you have that. you have really been well. You've calmed down. I just my my dislike for Brogdon is like I've said this. I said this on the show. It's less that I don't think he's a bad player, or less that I think he's a bad player, and more that I don't think the fit makes sense. Um, and that that's where the Celtics but, fan base needed to hear that. Because they were sure. like Jalen Brown, they can't pay him the super max. Yeah, they shouldn't pay him, <laughs> trade him, get Bradley Beal, no, makes just as much him. money and is worse. That was bad. That was bad. Um, no, yeah, the I think Jordan Poole's fine. The Chris Paul thing doesn't make sense. Uh, back to the Beal thing, which sense. is what. Yeah, back to the Beal thing, which is the whole thing we're talking about, bro. The, what is the Suns' roster now? It's crazy, right? Like it, it's, it's, it's. We should go try out because they only have five right? players. Right, it's Devin Booker. Well, they have more now because they got a couple more pieces from Washington in the trade. Okay. Um, I think it's Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, uh, DeAndre Aiden, Ish Wainwright, if they accept his team option, campaign, and then they got Jordan Goodwin in the trade, who's actually a really good player. He was a rookie this past season in Washington, and he got minutes over Johnny Davis, a top ten pick. So like. Jordan Goodwin's a good player, and Isaiah Todd, who hasn't doesn't have a ton of ex- NBA experience. <clears throat> Not enough people, I think, are talking about the Jordan Goodwin addition in the trade. Do you know who Jordan Goodwin is? Nope. Jordan Goodwin averaged six six points, three rebounds, three assists on 45-32 splits his rookie season in the league. He played around 18 minutes. 
uh, for the Wizards. I'm not saying he's great, but the fact that they were able to even eke out like an extra potential rotation piece in that trade is good for a team that has like yes, seven agree. guys on the roster. And they don't have money. They can't use their MLE no. or they won't be able to use stuff. They can't use all this other money. They are so far over the cap. It's disgusting. They're paying four players, I think, around $160, $70 million. That's crazy. And Washington reportedly wanted DeAndre Ayton in that trade, but Phoenix said nah. <laughs> and so they got That's what weird. they got. Why? What's well, weird? That's weird. The, the the whole DeAndre Ayton thing is so weird because it's been like he's leaving, he's leaving, well, he's leaving. They're going to trade no, no, no. him. Is it weird that Phoenix said no or weird that Washington wanted him? The Phoenix part. I think my theory is they're still going to trade him, but now I would rather have him as a trade asset than Chris Paul because now you can probably get two rotation pieces for one in an Ayton trade if that makes sense. Like if you trade him to Dallas. Money at this point, essentially, because Chris you, Paul was gone. It was a foregone conclusion. It came out that they were either going to waive him or trade him. They managed to yeah. trade him for Bradley Beal, who was one of the top <laughs> trade guys this summer. Which and is then crazy. DeAndre Ayton still sitting there for them to trade. So I do think you're right. And Dallas is the right. place. Dallas is the place everybody wants to see Ayton go. Like nobody it, wants DeAndre Ayton in Dallas, like Bleacher Report. Right. Every However, but, every single mock draft trade article. Mavs trade for DeAndre Ayton, number 10 pick, well, player X. It makes, it makes more sense now than ever, though, because realistically, you could probably get, like, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Maxi Kleber and uh, JaVale McGee. And JaVale McGee is not a great player, but he had 10. his best year in – no. He, he had yeah. his best year – I think number I 10 has to so. be there if they're going after him. I don't think so. I, I don't think you – I don't think – If I'm Phoenix, that's the whole appeal of the trade. Because I, then I, I would say no. If I'm Dallas, I wouldn't do that. I think DeAndre Ayton's value. Uh, I the Derek value to me is starting to shoot up draft boards. People are starting to put him around number ten. If you're Phoenix, that's a great like cop out for that Ayton contract. You can fill that role a little I'm, bit if you have confidence in him. But if I'm Dallas, my mindset is now y'all don't have a rotation. You take the players or you don't. <laughs> right? That's true. Like yeah. you you take Tim Hardaway Jr. rotation piece, uh, Max Kleber rotation piece, and um, JaVale McGee rotation piece or you'd get nothing and be grateful we didn't make you take Davis Baritons too right like like that that's where I'm at if I'm them uh, and maybe you do give up 10 and and get back or, and give up Davis Baritons in the trade be, just to get off that contract but I I don't know it, it's weird Um, who do you back to the Wizards Beal trade who do you think won the trade, lost the trade? Like what's how do you value trade? Personally, I can give I can give you mine first. I think both teams came out good. As crazy as that okay. sounds, right? Wizards got plenty of sec they got some second round picks. They got two first round pick swaps, which was didn't get out there. Okay. Use, fuck off. I'm using my hands. Um Chris No, Paul, no, I'm not making fun of you. I'm just making fun of who cares. Oh, oh, oh I thought you were mocking me. Um Chris Paul's nothing. Landry Shame, it's nothing. But that's the beauty. You get nothing. You're free. You are free of arguably, not that I think Bradley Beal's a bad player. He's a fine player. He's an all-star caliber this. player. Probably the worst contract in, in basketball right now. Oh, right? Exactly. <laughs> Stop. The fact that he, bro, he has a no trade clause. What she kept in the trade. You have zero control over that. I saw somebody put out there that like, 
oh, well, in soccer, if you transfer a player and trade a player, they have to actually agree to terms with the new club before it could happen. That's something that MBPA should push for. No, no, that's not how it works. No, absolutely <laughs> right? should not push like, for that. I just spit everywhere. Like that, 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 that like, I am all for, for like players should have. I'm not, I hate it. Not, but like that's complete control. That, like that would completely destroy trades. Trades, you know what I'm saying? So from that perspective, that contract is awful and it's a lot of money. And now the Wizards can trade Christoph Sporzingis for probably a decent haul, a couple first, a couple of decent rotation pieces. They can trade Great. all of their veterans. They can trade Monte Morris for a couple seconds or first. They can trade DeLon Wright for a couple seconds or first. They can let Kuzma Walker try to find a sign and trade for him so they can get something back. And they can just completely clear everything. They could even trade like Corey Kispert if they wanted. He's only 24, but like he's not going to be much better than he is right now. He doesn't have star potential. You get like first round, like you could probably trade Corey Kispert for a similar package to what the Hawks got for Kevin Herter. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you could probably get some decent assets in for all the players they have. Then you can take a hard look at Denny Abdia, see what you got in him. Maybe you trade Daniel Gafford. You can take a look at him. You know, you can give Johnny Davis more minutes, even though he was terrible in his rookie season. You have a lot of freedom now if you're Washington, which is something you could not say a few days ago. Your future is now a blank slate rather than hell, which is good. And if you're the Suns, you've got a new big three. You got another all-star, which we saw how the big three went down in Brooklyn. I think this is slightly different because like Beal and Booker are necessarily well, ball dominant guys. However, all last thing those I'll guys say, do want to play basketball. So they have that. Umbrella. This is also true. The only thing I will say, and I, I forget where I saw this on Twitter. You saw in the postseason that, okay, mid-range heavy offense probably isn't great. They just, like, doubled down. They were like, nah, we're getting another guy who takes a lot of mid-range shots. Good like, for them. I, I saw somewhere something somewhere that said Kevin Durant averaged, like, 1.8 shots at the rim last season. Draymond averaged more. Like, that's a really, really big commitment to the mid-range. I think the Suns are talented. Well, KD does put at the rim numbers up for mid-range. In fairness to KD, <laughs> he shoots true. like 60 plus percent on mid-range jumpers. Like that's, that's better, what better than Malcolm Brogdon shot at the rim. I mean, I know we talk about the rim shooting numbers quite a bit. And Durant's like better than a lot of guys are at the rim from the mid-range. This so good true. on KD. He's earned the right to just shoot mid-ranges. Mm-hmm. If I if I'm giving my opinion on the trade winners, losers, both sides kind of lost, but Washington lost less. Okay. It feels like Phoenix <laughs> is just going to be really, really bad for years to come after this cycle is over. Durant's older. True. Beal is what going to be? He's only 29, so he's not that old. In fairness to him, like we crap on that contract and everything. The contract probably expires at the right time to where they get to negotiate again when he starts to get old. They kind of lucked out with that. But Durant is what, 34, 35? Booker's young still. Aiton is on a big contract and they have nobody on the roster. So they're left even thinner than they were in the playoffs, which was ultimately their demise because they had nobody to give them minutes off the bench. Durant and Booker had to play the entire game in those Nuggets series. And they have zero controls over their picks from now till 2029. Yeah, literally none of them. Washington didn't get much back for Beal in like what in comparison to what we thought they should be able to get for Beal. Yeah. If you told Wizards fans last summer when they eventually trade Beal, they would get less than Utah got for Rudy Gobert. Head and hands. Not good. (laughs) Uh, Like significantly less. Significantly less. They got Chris Paul, who last week was getting waived, and he was going to join some team for free. You gave up your 
kind of franchise player, even though, again, you're scrapping everything. You made a good point. Like, they have a clean slate. It's whatever. And they're not handicapped with picks. They're not screwed. They're going to have their own pick. They can tank and get away with it. They're fine. But you could be much better off just because of that no trade clause. Your hands were kind of tied. Like, at the end of the day, it's not even well, the GM that has stepped in in Washington's fault. It's the, the front office before this that has really screwed them and made this Beal situation less lucrative than it could have been. Yes. Yes. The, that, that contract extension was one of the worst decisions they made. Uh, they and there was like numerous decisions that I forget. I think David Aldridge might've did an article for the athletic and he just was like, they did this bad. They did this bad. They did this bad. <laughs> and, and uh, Bill Simmons had his podcast the other day with uh, Joe house, who is a wizards fan and he, he's with the ringer and he is on the Simmons show quite a bit. And he was explaining, like, they waited a year too long to do this so they could maybe compete for a playoff spot and make a little bit of money just in, like, the last season of uh, – did the Wizards change owner, the ownership or no? Yeah. Uh, GM definitely. GM definitely. I don't know about the ownership. I think so. I don't know. I think so. But anyways, Ooh. they waited a year too long to just blow it up. Because imagine last year that they do this, right? Last summer they – Scrap everything. They get rid of Beal. They just decide we're going to suck. You could be getting Wembenyama in three days. Not new. Now you're I don't not getting that. This is true. They could have easily been a top team. They do control all their picks. There is a little asterisk because next year's pick is technically owed to the Knicks, but it is top 14 protected in 23, 12 and 24, 10 and 25, and 8 and 26. So, so essentially the Knicks aren't getting this pick for four years. <laughs> Yeah, and then it'll just be a twenty, and then it'll just be a twenty-six second. Yeah, it'll be a twenty-six second. And Enjoy your second-round second, pick, so. New York. <clears throat> yeah, it'll be fine. So, um, and that How was from the them? good. The Wizards originally traded that trade <laughs> in the deal to get Russell Westbrook. <laughs> really? Uh, oh. Yeah they they shipped off John Wall's contract, got back Westbrook. They got a year of playoff revenue, first round playoff Super revenue. Super cool. So. Yeah, they lost to Philly in what <laughs> six games. Uh, yeah, something like that. I will say Wizards Russ was really good, though. <laughs> Russ was really good in Washington. You kept pointing um, back to that as like, where can he go and be effective? Turns out L.A. wasn't a bad fit. The Clippers. Yeah. Uh, so he might be back there next year. But just one more final Bradley Beal thing. Yeah. In the fallout of this, the Celt- we can kind of tie this back to the Celtics. Uh, the Action Network's Matt Moore put out a piece in reaction to this. And he did. It, this doesn't mean a whole lot. But he did list the Lakers, Milwaukee, and the Celtics as teams that executives believe will be rumored to go after Chris Paul. Again, this means absolutely nothing because he's literally saying these people think there will be rumors of Chris Paul joining these teams. It doesn't <laughs> even mean that there are going to be people saying that Chris Paul are, is going to join these teams. Just people are going to think that he might join the Celtics. Yeah. If he is bought and, and out or whatever. That would make sense. I mean, that could pretend uh, not that they should trade Drew Holiday, but if they got Chris Paul, they could probably trade Drew Holiday for a good haul and like reshape that roster a little bit. Um, yeah, they're in the same boat as the Celtics. Chris Paul would be an ultimate flexibility move for whatever team goes after him, except for the Lakers. Yes. If it's Milwaukee yeah. or Boston, they now have this freedom to toy around with their roster and maybe strengthen it in other areas where Chris Paul can be a cheap option to give you a good season at point guard or at least respectable season. I don't know what you expect out of him at 38. As a six foot ish point guard, what is he? Six one. Uh, six yeah, six feet, six one, something like that. Yeah, 
smaller point guard at 39, 38. What do you expect? Mm -hmm. Yes. Whatever. Yes, yes. All right. Moving on to the next piece of NBA news. Zion Williamson is back on the show, makes another appearance with this summer of Zion. Just all over the news. Yeah. Yeah. So Bill Simmons said that he thinks Zion will be gone by Thursday, which you guys are hearing this on Tuesday, just two days from now, which is the NBA draft, right? He's basically saying he'll be traded by the draft. Yep. Um, which could make some sense. Another thing I saw on Twitter from Ian Begley. He was very SMI. confident in that, by the way. He said he has yeah. like good authority that well, they're sick of him. Bill Simmons also said Kevin Young was going to be the head coach. So not, not that, he, not that he I'm... did say hand up my bad immediately. <laughs> I know. Um, Ian Begley of SNY. Uh, high ranking members of the organization have been dismayed by recent off court developments around Williamson. As other outlets have noted, the organization recently fired assistant coach Teresa Weatherspoon at Naismith Hall of Famer, who was instrumental in the development of several young Pelicans, including Williamson. Those reading the tea leaves may surmise that Weatherspoon's firing was related to the team's issues with Williamson. It's really sounding like the Pelicans want to rid themselves of Zion. And it's hard for me to blame him. I still, obviously, he has all NBA first team potential. He has MVP potential. He can be great, but he just, it just doesn't really feel like it, I guess. Like, I, I, it's very weird. I know you're out on Zion. If I'm the, I mean, I wrote something for Bulls Wire today. Um, I, I, I write like NBA stuff there too, not just Bulls, so I can write like other stuff. I wrote five surprise blockbusters to reshape the NBA landscape. For Zion, I said just send him to New York if that's where he wants to be. No, I think New- absolutely I know not. You're that. But if and I- here's just- why, sorry, I know you hate when I do this. If there was ever a absolute front office spite moment, this is it, right? Like this has to be the front office just says, "Get ready to go play for Minnesota, buddy," or or some franchise you would not want to play for because realistically they could get a haul back from Minnesota if if they were in fantasy land and were playing two K and it's like, whoa, Anthony Edwards for Zion or whatever. Like there are teams in markets that he definitely would not want to play in where you could get a respectable return for him. If that franchise is willing to take a gamble. Yes. All right. That's not how the NBA works. That's not how the NBA works. Uh, (laughs) I I know more spite. I said, Knicks get Zion Pelicans get Julius Randall, Obi Toppin, Jericho Sims, three first round picks. I think it makes the Pelicans better. I think it's better. I think Julius Randall, we talked about this last time. I think Obi Toppin's a good player. I think Jericho Sims is a good player. Three first round picks would be nice. They probably wouldn't all be Knicks first round picks because the Knicks have a bunch of other picks from other teams. So, so they might not be great. Zion would take a risk, or excuse me, the Knicks would take a risk on Zion. Maybe Zion would be motivated playing with his buddy again. You know where he finally wanted to play all along. He's blah, been blah, begging blah. to play there forever. Yep. <laughs> Whatever. Um. Pelicans could roll out Caesar McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, Julius Randle, Jonas Valanciunas. That's pretty good. Maybe you make another trade with those picks. I think it's fine. You rid yourself of Zion. If you are the Pelicans outside of your spite world, like what are you looking to get back for Zion? Where do you think Zion would fit? Like what teams do you think might want to take a chance on him? I saw something today. I can't remember where I saw it that, the Blazers want Zion or they would like, they would want him in a trade for that third pick over Ingram. Uh, yes. Sorry. This is from Kevin O'Connor. The Blazers reportedly prefer Zion over Brandon Ingram. My sense from league sources is that Portland's preference is Williamson. Who'd be a weapon in the pick and roll and handoffs alongside Dame and Shaden sharp. Mm. Um, so maybe you go after that third pick. If I'm the Pelicans, I say, yes, please. Zion 
for third pick Anthony Simons and Joseph Nurkic to match salaries straight up, please. I do it yesterday if I'm the Pelicans. And I don't hate it for the Blazers, but I kind of do. Get a player that you know will play next to Dame. If your point is to put a contender around Dame, don't take a risk of trading for a player who just might not be on the court. That's That would be terrible. Um, okay. But what, what do you think? For me, realistically, I think the best, if I'm New Orleans looking for what, what trade I'm going after is Charlotte. I know the word is Ingram is preferred over Zion there. Yeah. But that's the most fun for both sides. I think you think you get a cool young team in Charlotte. You get a good return for Zion. You get almost an instant restart with his place in the organization. You get your new young star, right? Yeah. You're bringing either Brandon Miller or Scoo Henderson at number two. Not a bad return for Zion, who is supposed to be your franchise guy for years to come. Now, the good news for New Orleans, you're prepared to play without Zion because he doesn't play. So they've <laughs> already built a somewhat competitive team even when he's been absent. So that is a good start. This is essentially found money if they do move on from him because you're finally going to have some sort of production coming from that, I guess, cap slot, if you want to put it like that. Uh Personal dream scenario, send him to Utah, Lori Markinen back. That gives you somewhat of a competitive return. Like you still get an asset back. I could see Utah wanting to do that just because Walker Kessler's there now. He seems to be like a piece that they could use in the future to be competitive. You bring in Zion. You're going to have draft picks for years to come here where you can pick up young players through the draft. It could be part of a rebuilding swing for the Utah Jazz. Sure. And plus, you would hate it. Ultimate spite <laughs> this is, move. This this is true. This is true. Um, you want to react to my other trades that I wrote? Just what do you think quick. of that before we move on? I like it. I, I think yeah. Utah is a team. That I think it's fair. I will say though, as much as you do the spite moves, if I'm a team that would be a spite team, I wouldn't do it just because I think you'd run into the same problems New Orleans running into. Like, I just don't think Zion would play. Okay. Like, I think yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think he might. Yeah, he wouldn't want to play for you either. Yeah. Yes. So he might just like be reluctant to get on the court, which is why I think it, uh, like you might just. This be is where you need friends in the like front that. office. You're like, listen, <laughs> we can both spite this guy, and we can go have a beer later, or whatever GMs do. Well, for maybe. May- maybe you do that. All right. Th- these are the other trades. This is just quick. We don't have to dive into it. I just want your thoughts because I think it's fun. Cat for Levine. Straight up. Straight up. Bulls does... get a new star. Um, reshape the roster a little bit. Timberwolves get a better fit for their team next to Anthony Edwards uh, rather than rolling out two big men. Just literally one for one. That's the trade. I mean, I guess. I, I don't know. It's weird because then you're going to have, if you're Chicago, those, both Vucevic, if I can speak English, my God, both Vucevic and Cat. So you're going to run into a similar problem to Minnesota. The difference is Vucevic can stretch the floor and actually shoot threes rather than just being a. Or uh, you could let Vuce go and like Gobert. Like you wouldn't have to bring back Vuce in this scenario. That's true. That's also true. Uh, does Cat move the needle for you if you're Chicago and you're just taking on all that money? I don't know. But then again, would you rather pay Vucevic yes. thirty million dollars and then get like mid production from him? He's fine, but he's well, not my moving thing the needle is... for you. Or you you will allocate thirty million of Cat's. $50 million and instead of having Vucevic pay extra. My thing is, cat. Um, my thing is, would you rather play pay cat or Levine? It's a tough, probably cat. I would say cat. He's a little bit younger. He's probably a little bit better. And, but for Minnesota, it's more of a roster construction construction thing. Cause I think Levine fits with their, 
core better than Cat does right now. Could be true. I mean, that's that's a good who says no. I, I don't know if either yes. team. I mean, no team has ground to be like what we have works because it doesn't. You both suck. Yes. You don't even suck. You're just like middling, which is worse than sucking. And both teams might say no, but I think it was interesting. All right. <clears throat> the next one, Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kuminga to the mm-hmm. Nets for Spencer Dinwiddie, Royce O'Neal, Patty Mills in the 21st pick. Uh, it feels all like all of those not getting enough back. All those, by the way, all expiring deals. So you, you fix your cap situation. You get Dinwiddie okay. quality rotation piece versus O'Neal quality rotation piece. Patty Mills maybe can play but just kind of there and the 21st pick so you can bring in another rookie which they have reportedly been wanting to do the nets get to take a chance on a new star maybe pool is a little bit better you give him a little bit more freedom put him next to a guy like Mikael bridges and then kuminga can also get the chance to play more minutes i think that's a great trade for brooklyn it's okay for golden state if you're in full panic mode that's my take i i think golden state i honestly don't think they're moving either one of those guys if anyone it's going to be kuminga just because he's been being a prick uh but aside from that, I don't know if Poole's gone. It, as fun as it is to be like, F that guy, he sucks. Like I did write this before I knew the Dunleavy thing you told me. All Yeah, all of the signs point to them being like, we want him back. Even though Kerr was like, those guys are a bunch of babies, essentially, mm-hmm. on Draymond's show without saying it. <laughs> I don't know. Brooklyn, that's a great trade. It makes your core younger. It's a good place probably for Kuminga to actually like develop and have more mm-hmm. room for error. That's the problem with a team like Golden State picking up young players not that it's not a good idea but you almost have to hit it perfectly because there is no room for them to make mistakes when you have 35 year old steph curry the rest of the core in their mid-30s as well you can't keep swinging and missing and hoping to win title i mean they did win last year but (laughs) you know like it's important to hit on the rotation pieces right now you saw them take a step back because Pools took a step back because Kuminga wasn't able to give them reliable minutes in the playoffs. They struggled. They had Moses Moody guarding LeBron James at times in the playoff series. I mean, what are, what are they doing? So I don't know. I think uh, Royce O'Neal is the, the prize in that return. I think Dinwiddie's me. fine too, only because he would be able to be the six man, right? He wouldn't have that, to have that's the true. That's true. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. You're going to dislike this next one. Cause I know you don't like Ben Simmons. It's Ben Simmons trade. Well, this has to be discussed, though. Go on. Ben Simmons and the 22nd pick in the 2023 NBA draft to the Magic. They get another reclamation project of a broken Sixers point guard. Yes. (laughs) John Isaac, Gary Harris, and the 36th pick. So you're essentially taking a gamble if you're the Nets. Mm Because we talked about Isaac. And you'd be moving back in the draft with that, too. I don't know if you caught that they would be moving back in the draft yes. because they're getting rid of the Simmons. Contract. Yeah. They're, okay, they're yes. paying to get off Simmons. Yeah, of course. I feel like Orlando's going to say no to that because it feels like they're also ready to take a step being to be competitive. Right. Sure. It's, it doesn't feel like they're at a point in their process where they're willing to take on bad contracts. What does Simmons have two, three years left still? You mean Orlando? Yes. I thought you said Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, ben Sorry. Simmons has, no, you're good. You're good. Um, check here Nets payroll ben simmons has next season and the season after at 37 to okay. 40 so two years left on his deal mm-hmm. maybe you do that maybe you're ready to make the jump after the simmons contract or he gets good again i just at least think serviceable that's my thing if it if it's broken you lose out on one year of gary harris and maybe john isaac gets healthy um 
while also you you jump up 14 spots in the draft, right? <clears throat> That's pretty good, or, or more than that, like 18 spots in the draft. You get you know the first round talent, and you could potentially package 22, 11, and six, right? You have another pick to package. Yeah, trade, you do. Trade, you have you have a right? diesel like package right, right there. Yeah. Um, and if Ben Simmons does get even anywhere close, right? <clears throat> like lo, like let's just say he gets back to being a solid defender, a solid ball handler. You roll out Ben Simmons, Cole Anthony, Franz Wagner, Paolo Bencaro, Wendell Carter, like. That is a long I will say ass this. lineup. Yeah. If there is any market for Ben Simmons to go where he's not going to get bullied, it's, it's like that Holt. is a good one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't it's have like to deal Holt. with Philly media. He doesn't have to deal with New York media. Boston would definitely not be a good fit. I know we discussed that in, at nope. length before in the past. Like, should they the worst fit might Simmons? be Miami? Miami might be the worst for him. That might be terrible. <laughs> really? <laughs> I think, I think they would just bully culture... him too hard yes. within the organization. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Maybe. It would either be really bad or really good, no in between. Orlando would be good. The media doesn't care. The team doesn't have that much expectations. They could very well overachieve next year and be a really fun team. Mm-hmm. That's a possibility. And if he's a part of that, maybe it's good for his well-being or confidence on the floor. Yeah, he won't get bullied in Orlando, at the very least. Yeah. All right. Last one. This is if Harden leaves. If Harden leaves... I know. Is it crazy for me to say maybe you just rebuild if you're Philly, if Harden leaves? Uh, only because of Maxi, I would say yes. Think of this package. Joel Embiid to Portland. Number three, Anthony Simons, Nas Little, Yusuf Nurkic, three future firsts and one future pick swap. Keep in mind, most of those firsts will probably be in the 27, 28, 29 range when Embiid and Lillard will probably be retired. Yes, that's a big package for Embiid. I agree. That's like, so that that is that's that is one the of package. the more enticing rebuild rebuild scenarios for Philly, right? Mm-hmm. Embiid just won MVP. His value's high. If you do move off of him and you bring back the young pieces from Portland, you do have a piece, young Tyrese Maxey, to continue to build around and almost fast track your rebuild while also stockpiling future picks. If Portland is willing to do that, which I can imagine they would be because they seem hell-bent on making a competitive roster for Dame, good for them. Loyalty being, you know, reciprocated back and forth there. Good for them. (laughs) Yeah, I would do that. That rules. You get an MVP, play with Dame in Philly, that rules. Bunch of draft picks, young players. You still have Tyrese Maxey. Why would you not do that? Yeah. It might be a tough sell for Sixers fans, but then again, this has been, what, five years of Embiid being your best guy and being at a star level and you can't get past the Celtics in the second round? Might be time <laughs> to true. call the day. This is true. This is true. All right. Uh, I just wanted to have you you know, get your thoughts on those. I think those were ones. all pretty well done. Good job, thank Jack. You. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. The next thing uh, we have in the NBA world uh, is Raptors. Bunch of Raptors news dump news here. <laughs> Raptors not good to work with. <laughs> Story number one. Raptors difficult to work with. Uh, I forget where that news dump came from, but they're not fun to work with. Uh, if I'm Siakam, a fan, don't yes. move on yet. If I'm a fan, there is no better story to come out about your team than difficult <laughs> to work with. Because well, you know your GM, Masai Ujiri, is going to war for the fan base, making sure they don't get screwed any potential deal. Now, that's I not think the there's greatest because you do get a reputation just like kind of Ainge had here in Boston where people don't want to deal with them anymore. But I would rather have that than being like, yeah, this GM's a pushover, dude. See, Everyone wants to I, make deals with them. 
I think there's a difference because if you're not a pushover and your team's a title contender, fine. If you're stingy and your team's like the most one of the most average teams in the league, you're kind of stuck in the middle. Like they did win a title like three years ago. Let's not act like it's the same team. We're not it's not. That. Kawhi's not there. Lowry's <laughs> gone. Um, Siakam, Ananobi, Portland trades have been discussed, but Blazers declined offers for three, which we also could talk about. They don't really want to trade three, which is weird, but whatever. And then this is the part that I didn't tell you that I want you to react to because I think you're going to give me, you, oh, you know, that I saw this, you know, the viral face where it's like, like what? Yes. Have you seen this? Maybe. I don't know what you're talking about. Michael Grange, who's Sportsnet, which is like Canadian sports, like whatever. Yep. Um, Raptors are reluctant to blow up their roster. Quote, the Raptors don't see themselves as all that inferior, if at all, to the Miami Heat, who've made the NBA Finals in four well, of the last two of the last four seasons. Well, <laughs> they don't have Jimmy Butler, but the rest of that, not completely false, actually. That Miami team, stand by it, kind of sucks besides Bam and Butler. Like, those guys really don't have any business playing well. You saw it in the finals where they didn't play out of their minds and what happened. But they did run through Milwaukee. They did beat the Knicks and they beat the Celtics. Like you have to give them credit. I don't feel like that's the most outlandish statement. I don't think it's that outrageous. If they said other contenders in the East. Yes. I would be like, (laughs) what the hell? But like Miami, it doesn't feel like Miami's that much better than Toronto, especially coming into the season and what we felt. And there was a play in Mm. game where Toronto very well could have played Miami. I mean, they were around the same level. The regular season, Miami was not good. They couldn't shoot threes. Like, they were not a team anybody expected to be competitive. The fan base was expecting them and hoping that they would make a trade to maybe blow up the roster, get rid of Lowry, offload Duncan Robinson, get rid of Struess. He's going to be a free agent. You don't need to bring him back for the second half of the season. All of this was discussed. I wrote about it. And then they have a playoff run where all those guys rule, and they make the finals. So for Toronto to feel that way isn't the most outrageous thing, believe it or not. Does it mean it's true? And does it mean that they can pull off a playoff run? No, no, because they don't have a Jimmy Butler. But aside from that, like, yeah, Siakam was an all NBA guy in 22. Like, I can I, understand that sentiment, but he's not a takeover game guy. All right. Go yeah. Ahead. I know you're out on Fred Van Fleet. I know you don't think he's very good. Well, he's gone. Anyways, that's my gone. thing. You're losing Fred Van Fleet. You're almost certainly losing Gary Trent Jr. You don't have another point guard who can run that spot. They were running Will Barton as their backup point guard in the second half of the season. That, that roster's not good. It's just not good. It's not they good. have Siakam's an all-star. Fine. Scotty Barnes is, is a fine young player. Fine. What else? Chris Boucher. You have Siakam, OG, Barnes, Anobi, sorry. OG. Anobi too. And Pirtle, if you really like him. He's a free agent, but they'll probably bring him back. That's part of the reason they trade it, for it, him. It makes zero sense to me for, for, for the Raptors. This feels like where the, where the Wizards were at last year. Yes. You know you okay. should rebuild, and you're just going to not rebuild and bring back everybody anyways. That's where the Raptors are right now. They're not going to rebuild this season. They're going to go into next year. They're going to miss the playoffs. I'll tell you that. They're not making the playoffs next year. They're not going to make the play-in next year. I'll tell you that. Okay. I don't think the Raptors will be a play-in team. Take a look at the the, the Eastern Conference, right? The Celtics are still going to be in the playoffs. I agree. Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, all in the playoffs. Cavs, playoffs. Knicks, playoffs. Hawks, probably play-in. Probably better Heat, than the Raptors. Heat, definitely playoffs. Heat right? will be back. Pacers going to be better? Maybe. Magic Orlando be is the team. 
Orlando, Pacers, Pistons could push up, right? Bulls are going to be middling again, but if they add a point guard, they'll probably be a little bit better at the very least. Maybe some shooting. Like, they're going to make be better. The Raptors don't have a pathway to be better. They're losing an all-star caliber player in Van Fleet, regardless if you're in or out on him as a player or whatever. He's, he was an all-star two years ago. They're losing their starting shooting guard in Gary Trent, and they don't have a lot of money to work with. They are not going to be better than they were this year while the rest of the league is trying to be better and has pathways to be better. It is asinine to bring this team back and not trade things for it. They could get a, a, a top five pick for their guys. They could get, I know Portland said no. They could keep pushing. They could try to get that pick. You, you know, they could do something. They could trade Ananobi for seven. You get a top 10 pick, get off the contract. You can b- rebuild around Scotty Barnes. I know in the NBA, for, it's easy as a fan to sit back and say just tank or be good, right? It's not that hard, right? You're going to be middling for some years, and, and there is value to just being a decent playoff team. But they're not even guaranteed that. Like, like I don't know. It just makes no sense to me to run this back. Yeah, they are in very much danger of being just mid, to say it as the kids <laughs> do, just mid. You know? Yes. Um, it's fair. But I don't think it is the craziest thing for them to feel like they have a puncher's chance after watching Miami. The only difference is they do not have a Jimmy Butler. And and that is a huge, huge difference. Make no mistake. Uh, I don't know anything about their cap space. I do think they are the number one team that should be on blow up watch. And if they're not, then that is a bit concerning. Yeah. All right. Fair. Yeah. I mean, if Van Vliet's leaving and Gary Trent's leaving, Siakam is your only guy, like you say. I mean, Scotty Barnes took a step back after his rookie season. If they do truly believe in him, it's not the craziest thing either. He's long. He can handle the ball. He is like the prototypical, this guy's going to be your star guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, fine. I get that too. It feels like it could, could really go either way. It just depends what they can do with their money. I don't really know. I'm not aware of their cap situation. Their Spotrack has them projected to have negative 15 mil in cap space. They all Spotrack also has the uh, Mavs to have negative cap, and you have to like look to see like what the max is, and it was like 19. It was very I was writing about it today. It was hard for me to find. I don't know. Okay, let me look. Let me look. Because I was like, that doesn't make any sense because Kyrie's a free agent. Christian Wood's a free agent. I was like, how do they have negative caps still? Well, it's because Bertans contract, Luca contract. But it's because they have all these cap holds right now, I think. Maybe. Because there is a because if you click on the team, you can see. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna come flying in now and do it myself. All right, let's see it. Let me know. Not you not mean... to like be a prick. I'm not being a prick, but I just know because I went through the same struggle earlier. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't the think the strong. Raptors are gonna have cap space. <laughs> you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I I, I don't let's think see. they're gonna have cap space, even if they right, let's see. don't resign. Uh, yeah. maybe I'm wrong. Could be wrong. Maximum possible cap space, $31 million. Where This is calculated by determining all guaranteed salaries plus any dead cap from non-guaranteed salaries. All is other this options... on Yes. This is underneath 2023-24 practical cap space. All other options, cap holds, and exceptions are assumed as declined, waived, or renounced. So okay. you've got... Can Gary Trent Jr.'s player option here. You have Otto Porter's player option, which will probably be picked up. Oh, it, it has already been listed as picked up. Uh, Joe Wieskamp, Wisecamp, he's on here. Ron Harper Jr., Def, Jeff Downton, URI, shout out. 
Can you uh, link this in the private chat for me? Another thing for Wise Camp. I mean, there's just a bunch of like guys listed here. I don't know exactly what the most realistic one is, but oh, these are just deadlines. I apologize. They are able to create up to $31 million in cap space. I don't they see could this. bring somebody in to help. <clears throat> am I am I no? Can you just can you put the uh put the link in the private chat? See what I'm looking I at is I see projected practical cap space, but I don't see something for what you're like. Just link it. Just link your thing in the private chat and I'll, I'll look. Okay. It. But yeah, um, here it comes. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's Regardless just the like, homepage of their thing. All right. I mean, I, I guess they could make somebody. I, I just, what's the point? Like what, what you get to do? You're going to bring They're kind of strapped. Yeah. You're going to bring, well, you, well, even if they could make a max contract spot, like, what are you gonna get James Harden to come to Toronto? What are you gonna get Brooke Lopez? That'll be cool. Like there, there's nobody out there that's going to make them more than maybe a six seed. And if I'm maybe a six seed, I'm rebuilding. That's maybe fair. I'm crazy. Yeah. But Weak free agency class, at least. Very. Yes. Yes. It's not not a very good one. All right. The last thing we can talk about today before we get onto the rat list, the, the Heat are still looking to trade Tyler Hero. They're still interested in adding another star. I was on this from the beginning, by the way. I know. I know. And I saw something come out after the Beal thing. I saw something say they weren't that in on Beal. You know, they're thinking bigger, which is like. They want Dame. That is what is out Yeah. I don't think they're getting Dame. I don't think Dame wants to leave Portland. I think that's dead. If that's dead, what are you looking at if you're Miami? Uh, Maybe Porzingis. We talked about it. I don't hate him around. I wrote about it today. Kevin O'Connor was the one that kind of sprinkled the idea out there that he could fit well next to Bam. Uh. He's set to make $36 million on his player option, which he's expected to pick up per Keith Smith. Yep. So Hero's going to make, what, $27 million next year? And he's going to average $30 million for the next four years. But I think it's on the lower side to start. Okay. You only need to match another $9 million. Throw in Oladipo. There's your Porzingis trade. If Washington's about it, you do get a young piece. If you're interested in Hero for that, I don't know what their plan is going forward. It seems like they just want to suck fine by them it's a way to offload Porzingis at the very least and Miami could get it done really with found money because Hero did not play for them in the playoffs they made the finals you add Porzingis your team gets much much better that yeah. that is the one that glares out to me Miami is definitely a threat to make a move as much as we joke because that is just like free money you can just work with the Hero thing you don't need him you clearly don't need him I think that makes sense for them. I think a Zach Levine trade would make sense for them. Um, I think <laughs> past that, I don't know what else. Like, who else would? There's want not a lot of here? guys that are on the market just yet. Yeah, it's weird. I think uh, Dame obviously, but I don't think they'll get him. I would say Cat. Don't know if Jimmy wants to play with Cat again. <laughs> no, They're no. good now. Cat said it on uh, the pod, the whatever podcast P, whatever the Paul well. George. In that case, then I like that fit a lot. I think Bam would fit well next to to. Uh, You'd think Cat because he can get on the. Well, no, <laughs> I think Bam's perimeter defense would make it a much smoother I'm fit. <laughs> I was hoping. Uh, <clears throat> I think that can make sense for Hero. If you are Utah. Do you say let's sell high on Laurie Markinen and Kelly Olynyk, get a bunch of firsts from a Miami team that probably won't be good by the time the first convey, get Tyler Hero in here too? Maybe. Don't hate it. I, I would love it. to see Tyler Hero have to go to Utah. That'd be great. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh, I'd rather that. see Zion there though. 
That's, I was going to say, would you, if you're Miami, do you trade Hero for Zion? That's another one. Keep your eyes on that. I mean, technically, I mean, technically, Hero is a shooting guard, but New Orleans really doesn't have a point guard per se. Hero is drafted to be work. a point guard. I know McCollum's doing it, but I don't care. No, I'm saying like they could work as like combo guards, both yeah. playing the point guard, shooting guard. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> so. again, Zion and Hero are very similar assets to their teams where it feels like they're found money. Losing Zion is a bigger blow for New Orleans. Make no mistake. It's not what you want as a fan. But the guy is just simply not playing. Yeah, he's not. And Hero just didn't play in a playoff run where they made the finals. Like, both of these guys are very expendable. Zion, to me, is super expendable. Yeah. I I might swap him. Miami, you're definitely doing that. And New Orleans, it's like, whatever, I guess. Maybe not. Maybe you really want to hold out. I kind of would. I'd be like, I want the most I can possibly get for this guy. He was supposed to be such a top prospect when he came out of college. Like, yeah, maybe you you really hold the ransom on that one. On Zion, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'd want like a top pick, I think, if I'm them. Um, All right. We can wrap up. We can go into the rat list and then wrap up here. Um, Let's bring Matt the rat on the screen. Fan favorite now. You'd like to kick us off, sir. Yeah, rat list. Uh, went to the club Saturday. Don't know why. Wish I didn't. <laughs> I, I pouted the whole time. I was a baby. Uh, rat list was the DJ. If you can still hear me. Mm, yes, DJ, yes. Uh, it was playing Christmas music mm, in June. You told me this. Yeah. That was when I said it's time to go home. Uh, I really I don't have video. any reason to be in there getting my eardrums blown out at this point. Mm. Don't know why I went. I just wanted to spend time with the boys. But yeah, DJ, terrible, kind of ruined the night for me. Didn't even really get hyped to dance or anything. Usually I have fun dancing. I was in the mood to kind of be uh, entertaining the fellas dancing. And no, just nothing. They gave me nothing. Tough. See, I like Christmas. Christmas music in June is unacceptable. No. DJ, get ready to learn Chinese, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, Cannot do it. Uh, Rat list. I've been on a golfing kick. If you haven't been Mm -hmm. in a hotel, I only talk about it every time. Um, today the guys in front of us were just painfully slow. Like, so I don't know. Have you ever been golfing? No. So there's like different sets of tees, right? There's the gold tees, which is the furthest back. There's the blue tees, which is next. Then the white tees, which is what we play. And then there's the two women's tees, the greens and the reds, but there's no reds at the course I play. I think it's the reds. We play the whites and the whites is generally the, not very good at golf, loves to play with the fellas. This is like the closest you can get without playing the women's tees. So we played the whites. The group in front of us played the blues. They were not good enough to play the blues. <laughs> they, like, they just had no business being back there, right? Like I get up and some dude's like hunchback Notre Dame stance. He hits it like 50 yards in front of him. It, they had no business. It wasn't completely their fault. The group in front of them was also extremely slow. So like they were waiting, which means we had to be waiting, but they, they to play the whites. Like, like it, don't let your ego get in the way. Play the whites. Stop it. Uh, also I'll ratless myself. I played an elite front nine. I had a 44 through nine, which isn't very good by like pro standards, but like that's like on pace for a sub 90 score, which is elite in my best. Like before today, my best was a 95, through a hunt through through 18 so like i was on pace for a good round shot a 52 on the back 96 terrible terrible collapse I, 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 very bad i i was going into hole 17 with an 82 and then i had seven seven on a just disaster i had four pars on the front night i had four fours 
and a birdie four. Or excuse me, three fours and a birdie four. Zero fours or pars in the back nine. Terrible. I did, however, have an eagle putt on the whole ninth hole. Missed it. Birdie. Oh! Missed it. And it was like, it was an easy eagle putt too. It, it was, well, I don't want to say easy, but it was close. It was probably like, like a six foot eagle putt, but it was like downhill curved to the right. So it wasn't like an easy putt. But I should have made it, and I was mad because I didn't get an eagle. It was also a scam eagle because, like, you know, I told you the blues and the yellow and the the gold tees are like way far back on this quote yes. unquote par five. The white tees are so far up that it basically plays like a par four, but it's like a par five. So it would have been like a shitty eagle, but I still would have gotten to say I got an eagle. So, so I'll be upset. Par. About that. Oh no no no! You would have got a birdie. I would have gotten an eagle if I had made the putt, but I missed it and I got a birdie. no. But like, if it was by if it was a par standard. four, I would have gotten a birdie. But yes. I missed the birdie putt. It's it not a part. Yeah, yeah. I, I was happy with the whole. I play, like I said, I played a great front nine, and then I choked. Yeah, it. you had uh, a reverse say. performance of my men's league game on Sunday. Yes. Men's league was, played like shit yeah. in the first half, zero points, bunch of turnovers. Second half, twelve points, blew the game open. There we go. We're back. There you go. Came out right away, drilled a three. That's how I knew. Heater, heater. I didn't know you were in a men's league. Yeah, it's go. really hot <laughs> in the gym. They don't have AC. Oh, and the ball gets horrendous. extremely sweaty. So this is a great story. Kind of rat list worth who we play basketball with on yeah, Sundays worth all time. Great guy. Not a rat great list dude. to me, but he has uh, partaken in rat <laughs> behavior per my instructions. Okay. So a week prior to this Sunday, we are in a game where we are down three points with seconds to go. We are fouling. Late game fouling situation. Okay, okay, yeah. It is a one-and-one per college and all basketball rules that aren't the NBA. Yeah. Guy is at the line. Oh, I'm sorry. It is now the double bonus. Okay, they have missed one-and-ones twice, and we have fumbled the opportunity to tie the game. Guy misses the first free throw. Okay? Now, those of you that do not know our pal Worth, he is one of the sweatiest individuals you are ever ever going to meet. (laughs) So Worth gets the rebound and he hands it to the official. And I say to him, I says, you should have just rubbed that on your shirt and, and screwed him. So this week he has picked up the tactic. And what happened was the official came over to our bench and was like, you got to tell him to knock that off. So he got, he, he was struck down by the man for Did using it work? the big brain strategy of getting the ball sweaty. Did he miss the free throw? Did it work? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. That's amazing. He is very sweaty. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He's a great very guy. Sweaty like you said, great guy. <clears throat> but yes, Top guarding tier. him in the post, guarding him in the post. No, no fun. No, it no. might as well jump in the pool. <laughs> Poor worth. I haven't seen it at Sunday ball for us in a while. <clears throat> Need to see him again. Um, I will go back to back. Uh, Oh, Henry, I had, we were golfing today. Henry said, am I going to be on the rat list for that? And I can't remember what it was. Oh. I can't remember why Henry. Did he fall asleep the driving the golf cart? No, he didn't. Um, <laughs> I'll rat list Henry because so Henry, quote unquote, didn't play well today. Right. Like he had a rough day for him. He shot a 98, but like oh. he's better than that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Henry, do you know golf shoes like have the little spikes in them? Yeah. So all day, Henry's foot is just slipping, right? His back foot, like through his swing, it's just slipping. And we see it every time. He said it a couple of times, but it happened way more than he thought. 
we get done with the round. I'm like, I think you need new shoes. He goes, yeah, I should probably get ones with spikes. And then I'm like, your golf shoes don't have spikes in them. What do you mean? Like, that's the, that is the whole point of golf shoes. That's like saying, yeah, my bowling shoes have tape at the bottom. Like that, that is the only point is that. So it is smooth and you can run. He, he, go, he shows me them. They're like, yeah, they're just kind of grooved. I'm like, those are just sneakers. Like these. So I'll rattle list Henry for, like he has two pairs too because he accidentally got two different Christmases and neither of them have spikes. I'm like, Henry, I think you could literally shave 10 strokes off your game, but just getting shoes with spikes. Get the right <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Also, Henry, today I'm closing out the 18th hole. I miss an easy putt or I miss a putt downhill. It goes past. I go, does it not curve? Am I crazy? And Henry just goes, yeah, it just goes straight, Jack. I'm like, fuck you, Henry. <laughs> like, like, you saw me putty. You could have told me. Um, I can't remember what the Rattles is for though, but, uh, it's not necessarily rat list, just like how do your golf shoes not have spikes in them? So okay, I'll, I'll throw that out there. Final yeah. rat list. Yeah. Former Boston Celtics forwards. So apparently Marcus <laughs> Morris is very upset with his role uh, with the yes. Clippers. He yes. wants out, he's creating problems, blah blah blah. It also comes out today that Monty Williams did not like coaching Jay Crowder because he was difficult <laughs> to work with. So yeah. or Aiden. not the best attitudes from the boys that used to play the wing in Boston. I will say it's quite we, pro- we probably could have predicted that ourselves. I, I, work hard guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love Jay Crowder and Marcus Morris in Boston, but we probably could have predicted that. All right. Shall, shall we wrap it up here? Shall we shall we get yes. it going? Shall we shall we head it on home? Thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you very, very much. Subscribe to How About Them Celtics as I put it back on the screen. Bright colors. Uh leave us five stars on Apple and spotify we appreciate you the views have been great this summer we thank you for keeping up with us through the off season we have some fun stuff planned for you look out for our draft show we will have a very fun guest coming on uh, who knows much more about the draft than we do so you'll be informed but thank you for tuning in leave us a comment we love the comments my favorite part of the day i'll let sam wrap it up yes thank you very much for listening or watching if you're watching you are on the youtube channel which is almost met 500 subscribers three more three more for 500 Help us out. So hit the subscribe button. Tell your friends. Leave a like. Hit the notification bell so you don't miss any of our new uploads this summer. They're coming out every single day. We're doing something. And leave a comment. If you are on the streaming listening services, make sure you follow us there. Leave a nice five-star review and say something nice about us. You can follow the socials at How About Them Seas, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Facebook is just the name of the podcast, How About Them Celtics. You can follow Jack at Jack Simone NBA on Twitter. You can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA. That's it for us. Chick Taco.